Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Next Woman Up podcast. Um, it was just New Year's Eve last weekend, um, so I know everyone was up to some fun stuff, hopefully, if they didn't have COVID. <laughs> um, Sarah, how was your New Year's Eve? It was super relaxed. Like, I honestly, so, okay, I was in New York City, and I think everyone was assuming I was going to go to Times Square, watch the ball drop, and I was like, no, no, no. I'm here for a dinner and I plan on leaving the New York area right at like 5 p.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so me and Aish went to this sushi place that we love called Nami Nori. It's our favorite. Um, literally the best rolls in New York, New York City. And then we just went to like our dessert places and I came home and I was with my family. And it was just very chill and relaxed. Um, nice. But how was yours? Nice. Um, went to D.C., which was fun. I have some friends there. Um, and they had the, the great idea because like, think about new year's eve is like you want to get dressed up and go somewhere but like it's always like overpriced or whatever it may be so they had a really awesome idea of renting the rooftop to their apartment building and just inviting their friends that's so fun yeah so so we got all dressed up all we had to do was go upstairs (laughs) but it was like it was amazing and they have like views of the Capitol. it was really fun i saw that kevin had a new haircut Yes, he has a new haircut. What do you think? <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was very like um like Channing Tatum vibes, you know? Oh wow. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I <liked> it. <laughs> I'm good with I, that. I just thought because like whenever I think of buzz cuts, I feel like the person who started the buzz cut trend was Channing. Yeah. I also like so during quarantine he buzzed his hair yeah. by himself, but this yeah. time he like went and got it done which i think was smarter by a professional do a fade and stuff like that yeah (laughs) to make it like look more than just like oh you went to the military um (laughs) wow kevin if you're hearing this we're we're your fans we support you so i'm happy about this one it will also he tries to like get get me to agree to to, like for him to grow it out (laughs) absolutely not like he's like what about like a flow like no no remember when joey when our boy joey had a flow i didn't like that yeah, like it's not no no no. And we're we're very much believers in bro supremacy and we did not like his flow at all. I'm not about it. Like <laughs> keep it clean. Keep it clean, boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so moving on to actual sports topics. Um, Carly, kick us off with the weirdest thing that has happened this season in the sports arena. Oh my god. So okay, so just to start off, like I don't know if you guys follow NFL memes, but if you don't, you should because it's hilarious content about the NFL. But they're like and normally they post like the headlines in their stories. The headlines just from Sunday were wild. Like I was tapping <laughs> through their stories. Just like it just got like crazier and crazier. So many of you have probably seen this news, but um, the Buccaneers traveled to MetLife to play the Jets. Football aside, the Jets almost won. The Bucks ended up winning because Brady two minute drill. Blah blah blah. That's not even the most exciting part. Antonio Brown did one of the craziest things to date, which was like a lot for him. Um, in the middle of the game, he starts taking off his bat pads, takes off his undershirt, throws his gloves into the stands, and starts like waving around the end zone. The security thought that he was a streaker. Oh my and God. he does a peace sign and runs off the field. And no one had any idea what was going on. No, it's um, really troubling. It's really troubling. It really is. And, I mean, after that, right after that, Bruce Arians, the head coach, said he's no longer a bug. He's going to have to find his own way home. Um, 
And then, you know, Brady said, like, I hope he gets help. Like, only have love for him. Like, right. this guy clearly – it's not like – like, there are definitely football players who get competitive and do stupid things, like, and have a big ego. Like, I refer to Odell a lot. Like, His, <laughs> the net – remember the net saga with Odell? Yeah, the net thing, the, like, acting like a dog peeing. <laughs> the, he just punched a guy, like, in the butt the other day. I was like, all right. So that's like a separate thing, like just being kind of dumb and having a big ego. This, I mean, and plus other events that have happened prior to this with Antonio Brown, he really has some issues um, that he needs to get help for. Yeah, and I, Carly, obviously this is an organization that you're very familiar with. You work there. Yes. Um, you've been around the coaching staff. Did you ever get to meet him, come across him at all? Like, So I did. It was very brief like okay. interactions yeah and i don't know if you saw the comments on twitter because a lot of people were like um reaching out to him like right. saying that he needs help and obviously um webster webster's son and everyone knows yes. that, the situation webster and cte and reached out and said that i really think you should get the help you need and a lot of people were appreciative of that yeah i don't know if he's gonna ever put on a football uniform again after this I don't think so either, but yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, you know, it's so funny, Carly. I'm not a Bengals fan by any means, but everyone knows I'm a Blazers fan. And CJ McCollum um, actually tweeted about the Bengals uh, recently, just saying how they're they're legit. And he was like surprised by it. And obviously everyone knows that I have family in Cincy, so I'm yes. happy. I'm yes. happy for them. Honestly, um, well, I root for them because Joe Burrow, like, you know. <laughs> Joey we burrow, burrow supremacy always joey burrow ever since i met him at the combine i'm like you know what dude go off like so um we are like now becoming burrow's number one fans not only because of his success on the field but also his glow up off the field if you guys saw our post on Instagram and you saw the before and after, it's it's crazy. It's something to applaud on its own. Honestly, the stress in Cincy has made him look better. <laughs> he just like I don't better. understand, but it makes him look better. It's very weird. Then also, I was watching the game, like the end of this game, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "Why is Joe Burrow playing without a nameplate? Like it was just another number nine on the back of his jersey. His name wasn't there, right?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe he decided like not to wear it because like sometimes in college they don't wear." their names because it's like oh it's not about me it's about the team right i was completely wrong in assuming that apparently (laughs) so i looked it up later chris jones um the chiefs d lineman ripped burrow's nameplate off his jersey (gasps) while attempting to tackle him came right off you're like he's such a good person i was like wow what a good leader (laughs) true true it would have been true yankees fashion yeah, exactly. So, but no, um, it just came off bad stitching, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, who else did you watch? Um, so I was watching. Uh, well, all right, a couple of games. Well, we could jump back to this, but mm-hmm. um, obviously, I watched the Giants game, and I don't even want to talk about it. But I about the game itself because there's really nothing to say. But right. I do want to break down a specific play that I thought could have been run much better. So the Giants ran a wildcat play multiple times against the Bears where they had running backs take the direct snap and they put Mike Glennon out wide in the wide receiver spot. Okay. <laughs> I, now, they did this one time with Daniel Jones and 
a receiver who threw the ball to him. And remember, Daniel Jones had that great catch. Whatever. Okay. Daniel Jones is athletic, right? So he it's not only is he a decoy, but he's a potential receiver because you could actually throw the ball his way and he could catch it. He can run around. He can catch it. He's athletic. He can run. Mike Lennon can't do any of that. Mike Lennon is not athletic. Mike Lennon can <laughs> barely run. So he's not even, you don't even need a guy to cover him probably. So I don't understand because you're not drawing any attention to Mike Lennon putting him out there. What I thought that the Giants should have done, which would have made a lot more sense to me, is you throw Jake Fromm in that spot. Get the guy some time, you know, put him on the field, get him comfortable at least being out there. He has some athletic ability. He can move a little bit better. And at least perhaps it would distract one of the defenders. So I don't understand. And they did this twice and put Mike Lennon out wide. Why don't you get the young guy involved? And now doesn't he have a wrist surgery? He's getting surgery, right? So he's out. So we're like, obviously we don't wish poorly upon him. We hope he's healthy and okay, but it's kind of better for the team. Well, it's kind of like, let's just take the man out of his misery at this point. Like he had a a God awful game on Sunday. I know. God awful. Um, I do want to talk about, and this is really um, something that has taken the football world by storm, um, paying homage to the late, great John Madden. Um, so he passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, weirdly, on Christmas, it was a little after Christmas Day, and on Christmas Day, Fox released a documentary about him um, called All Madden. If you haven't watched it, I suggest Everyone go watch it. It was incredible. Um, He was in the documentary. He was watching people talk about him. He was watching, you know, his career kind of, you know, how it went um, and how they displayed it in the documentary. And it was really an incredible way of honoring him. And then weirdly, like, after it aired, he passed a few days later. So I thought that was, like, a very strange timing of things. But um, John Madden is one of the most influential people in football. Um, he, like, is the voice of the game. And a lot of people know Matt in different ways. You know, the older generation knows him as a legendary coach of the Raiders and a Super Bowl champion and a Hall of Famer as a coach. You know, a uh, slightly younger generation. And even we I remember him calling games as a legendary broadcaster. And then now – the game Madden is still, you know, creating more um, series. So, like, people, young people today, you know, play Madden and hear his voice. So he really, like, spans generations. Um, and he was, like, I think not only, like, an amazing person, but he loved football, like, more than anything, and it showed, which is, I think, incredible. Yeah, especially what your dad said, I think really resonated. The quote, Carly shared a quote that her dad said about Madden on our Instagram. Um, and like you said, Carly, it's interesting to see how the different generations like remembered him, but everyone he was, you know, he really exemplified the passion for the game. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was like getting chills while watching that documentary on him. And like, he made everyone love the game. And he right. was so excited about it. And I think, like, in honoring him and remembering him, like, something that, like, we have to do and people, like, who have the power in the NFL have to do is, like, maintain the integrity of the game. I think that is so key in, like, keeping, like, his memory alive and, like, what he he wanted and what he did for the game alive. Yeah, that's really well said. I love that. Thank you. So, in an homage to John Madden, the Raiders did beat the Colts (laughs) 23-20, which I thought was, like, nice. 
Yeah, that um, is that really they nice. They were able to get a win. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, in other news, just a quick couple of things. The Packers beat the Vikings to secure the number one seed in the NFC, and they will get the first round by in the playoffs. Um, and last thing I want to hit on is, as far as we believe, it has been Big Ben's final game at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. He has one more game. It's an away game, and then everyone believes he's going to retire. That's going to be sad for a lot of fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, he's one of those like final, you know, the Phil Rivers, Eli Manning class. Right. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on how they, how they celebrate him. Yeah. Um, but we have to talk about Becky Hammond. I have, yes. I have, I have a lot to say. Me and Carly's favorite quote. I have a lot to say. I have a lot. We have a lot to say about this. <laughs> okay. So here is my problem that I had to tweet last night. Cause I had to get my anger out on a public platform, but Becky Hammond gave us a little bit of an inside view of what happened in those NBA head coaching interviews. Cause I know a lot of us were sitting here questioning, you know, what went wrong? Why did they not go with her? And the Blazers were actually one of the teams that were publicly considering her. Mm-hmm. Now she said that one of their issues was that they told her you only had experience coaching for one NBA team, right? Which is the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And they said that she had no head coaching experience. Okay. Derek Fisher had no coaching experience whatsoever. At all. <laughs> whatsoever. They handed the man, the keys to one of the biggest franchise in the NBA. That same year, he led the Knicks to their franchise worst record, 1765. Their franchise worst. I don't appreciate the fact that different male athletes, right? Because Becky was obviously an incredible athlete and played at played at a very, very high level. I don't understand how these male athletes can get this, you know, opportunity with absolutely no coaching experience. Then they turn around and tell Becky, oh, but you only coached for one team and you were never a head coach. Okay, so what? Steve Nash, other players get these opportunities all the time because they're men. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show you, like, obviously, like, we know women have come a long way in sports. And, like, I'm so proud of us as women and, you know, for us on an individual level for breaking barriers even in our own ways. But this just goes to show you, like, the fight's not over. It's not even close to being over. Not at all. And, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on this, Carly, because I was having this debate with a few friends, but are we happy that Becky seeing a payday, she's going to go help the league that she was, you know, part of and be with the Aces? Are we disappointed that she's no longer going to be kind of in contention for an NBA head coaching spot right now? I think we can be both. Yeah, that's um, fair. I think obviously, like, she deserves everything she's getting with this new job. Um, and I I'm excited to see her in this role and see what she does. However, it is disappointing. Like we were saying, it is disappointing to see that like there's still like a fight to be made and like we're, we're still not there. Um, so I think, yeah, like we're super excited for her to be like securing this role, but at the same time, it's disappointing that she won't be in contention for a job in the NBA. And I think, unfortunately, I think it is going to be harder if she did want to transition back. I think getting out of the NBA is, and then trying to go back in later will be more right. difficult. But she did say that she wants to give back to the league that she had such close ties to and she really believes in this role. So. Which is such a, a nice thing. And I do think, yeah. like, she'll, I think, I mean, she'll be incredible. I, mean, I think so, she too. will. So, but. Yeah, for sure. Um, and other really, really exciting news, um, whether you're a Golden State fan or just an NBA fan in general, Clay Thompson is reportedly going to make his long-awaited return this Sunday against the Cavs at Chase Center. 
Um, obviously, most people know that he suffered a torn ACL in the 2019 NBA Finals. You know, walking off that court, that injury was horrible. And then he missed the whole 2019-2020 season, you know, t- uh, tearing his Achilles tendon in November 2020. Um, so he missed, you know, a lot of game time and a lot of this season. So everyone's excited about his return. I think, you know, Golden State is obviously the top of the league. They improved to a league best 29-7. But I think some questions remain about Clay's mobility, right, since he hasn't played for so long. Sure. Most people think of him as, you know, a guy that's just a catch-and-shoot guy. And, and, you know, he is. Obviously, that's his kind of bread and butter. But prior to his injury, you know, he was the league's leading scorer off of screens, really peaking in 2019 um, with a career-best 7.3 points per game on those plays. He's a great scorer in transition. So, you know, obviously when he returns, he can still be that catch-and-shoot guy. His injury won't affect that. But coming off of two lower leg injuries, I don't know if he'll be able to do the things off-ball that made him so distinguishable. And that's kind of what we're going to be looking for. Right. And, you know, something else to think about is this has been a really, really incredible year for Jordan Poole. And, you know, now he'll be coming off the bench. And I don't think it's a bad thing, right? I think them getting this spark, this spark from this, you know, six man will be great. And I think that Poole can also have a chance of closing games um, whenever Kerr decides to go smaller and they have green at center. So that'll be interesting. But you know, when Poole did come off the bench in the 2020-2021 season, he averaged 10.5 points in 17 minutes. So I think he'll be just this really, really good role player. And I think they'll still honor the fact that he had a great season. But right. I look forward to seeing what Clay will do when he comes back this Sunday. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And like you said, um, I think everyone's eyes will be on his movement and what he, he'll look like because it's hard to come back from two, I mean, devastating injuries. Yeah. Um, and both, you know, lower leg stuff, um, which is difficult. So we'll see if he's the same guy. So got to give a quick shout out to a Blazers, a young Blazers player, Anthony Simons. The other night he had a career best 43 point game that he dedicated to his grandfather who had passed away the day before. And obviously, you know, a lot of fans didn't know that going into the game. I certainly didn't. So to hear him talk about that and kind of have this emotional interview with Brooke Olsendam was just really, really special. And he gave the Blazers a much-needed win without Dame. Um, obviously, Dame has been suffering from his lower abdomen injury, and he's going to miss the next few games. So I think he will just be like a very key role player to look at. And something to note was that there was a lot of hype about Trey Young in this win against the Hawks because Trey also had a career high. Um, but, you know, they lost, right? So, and I feel like some of these guys on smaller franchises like Anthony don't really get that kind of hype. So I'm giving it to him on our podcast. <laughs> um, he also had nine threes. He's been just incredible filling in gaps for Damon CJ while they're out. And it, it was kind of interesting because when you're such a big fan of a team like I am, and a lot of people on Twitter obviously aren't Blazers fans, so a lot of people are like, who is this guy? Like, I've never heard of him. You know, who's this dude who came out with 43 points? But if you are a Blazers fan, you know how special he is. So we're just happy to see him thrive. Sarah's like, I already knew about him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm way ahead of you people. <laughs> exactly. Real quick, I do want to talk about the college football playoffs. So um, it was down to the final four um, over New Year's weekend. Um, so Bama was the one seed. Um, they played the four seed. Um, they handled Cincy as expected. Um, but as expected, to- did you have did you have no hope for Cincy at all? Not really. I just didn't think it was possible. Like good, really good for Cincy for getting to this game. Like that's mm-hmm. super impressive. 
However, like, I just didn't see, like, since he's able to be Bama, it's – they're too unevenly matched yeah. um, in terms of talent and resources and that kind of thing. I do have to say, like, in terms of Cincy getting to this level, I do think it's so, so impressive because they don't come to the table with all that recruiting – all those recruiting assets that the – big, big programs like Bama and Georgia and Michigan and those schools in Ohio State, they don't come with those resources. It's very impressive that, like, they were able to get not only, like, players that could get to this level, but also kudos to the coaching staff for developing those guys to play at this level. Yeah, my cousins and Cincy were telling me that everything was, like, crazy, like, in the streets, stores, like, everything was shut down. Everyone was, like, just partying. It was crazy. I mean, awesome for them to get this this far. And, like, I do think, like, it was expected that Bama was going to win. But just the fact that they got into the college football playoff is super impressive and, like, really, you know, great for that organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then the second game, um, which was the two and the three seed, Georgia against Michigan. Georgia's defense continues to impress and holds Michigan to only 11 points. Georgia is known for their defense and their run game, and they continue to uphold that. And the national championship will be on January 10th. And it will be Bama, Georgia, um, again, which has happened in the past. And we will see the outcome of that. So, Any, any early prediction? So I – it's so hard to, like, root against Saban. Like, or, like, mm-hmm. I'm not root against Saban, but, like, pick against Saban. Mm-hmm. But I really like Georgia because I love that their defense and run game. So I'm going to root for Georgia – but I don't – it's – like I said, it's hard to pick against Saban. So – but I love Georgia's style and how they play. I feel like I'm, like, so biased because when I was on Instagram, I was looking at – um, have you been on Ashley Shamahadi? Guys, she's a former guest. She's one of me and, Carly's, me and Carly's favorites. But I believe she went there to Georgia because I saw her, like, you know, like, reading for them and, like, talking about them. And so I feel like I'm team Ashley, so now I'll be team Georgia. You're team Georgia. Well, we're <laughs> team Georgia then. Yeah. so that's that's what i'm reading for Great. go bulldogs okay. yeah. um and with that um we have an awesome interview for you guys today we can't forget about that um so we are so looking forward to this and we've been planning this since before the new year so we <laughs> yeah cannot, it's been a long time coming yeah so we cannot wait um and we will see you guys there Hey guys, we're here with Ashton Batuso, editor-in-chief and founder of Flagrant Magazine. Ashton, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, excited for you to be on. Um, so you recently moved to New York. When did you move? Um, July, I think. July. Okay. Um, how is, how so is that it's, going? it's like been a while, but it, yeah. it, it still feels kind of new. Um, it's great. I mean, you know, I knew that it would be great because it's New York. Uh, yeah and you know it's obviously living up to the hype so that's good yeah I mean me and Carly it's like so weird for us because obviously we live in New Jersey right and we work in New York Mm -hmm. City so we're always around it and I've been to Portland and recently was there and I just felt like it's it's just so different I don't know but I do this is a really hot take but I Mm -hmm. will say the food I had in Portland in my opinion is some of the best I've ever had like I was hoping I was I was like the moment she said hot take I'm praying to God she talks about the food because no one believes me. No, it's true. The food in Portland is like the best food in the country. No one believes that. Have you had the fried chicken at Screen Door? 
Well, I'm vegan, but I've had, I had previously had screen door before that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's Portland food is, it is, um, (laughs) obviously like New York pretty much wins out in every other category In every other category. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, I've lived in Denver, I've lived in San Francisco and the food in Portland was just tops. Yeah. So we're starting, we're starting the pot off hot, but to jump into your, your background, (laughs) um, I would love to know, how did you come up with the idea for flagrant? And I know you guys, you guys like call yourself the starting five, which is so cool, but how did, were you guys like best friends or how did you kind of come up with the idea together? No, I was friends with all of them separately. So there's four founders and one social media manager and those, the five of us make up the starting five. Um, the founders I knew separately um, from just like different parts of my life, whatever, um, from different cities. Yeah. Uh, so we're actually all, everyone's in a different city, which is insane. Um, so I kind of, I had worked in sports previously. Um, and I was at a point where I wasn't working in sports and I was a little bit bored. So I was doing, um, like political ad agency type stuff. Um, and it just was not, if you can imagine, it was not a blast. Um, it was fine, but I mean, we told some cool stories, whatever. Anyways, I was a little bored, just missed sports, I guess is like the best way to put it. Um, and so I was like, how could I kind of like channel that? Um, I, and my experiences as a video editor and producer and shooter. So that's like my stuff. That's my bread and butter. Um, and then writing as well. But, um, so it, it was kind of a strange thing for me to even suggest or even think in my head but there was um there's a british soccer football magazine um called season and it i was just like their number one fan um i loved it so much and i was like this is like basketball is like begging for this same thing because the culture around basketball is like so interesting and it's the community is like such a huge factor and there's so much art intertwined and um it's just a lot of a lot of art and community comes out of just basketball for whatever reason. So I was like, okay, what if we did this as a magazine? I reached out to each uh, three of them um, separately. Um, I think I texted one, I called one, and I talked to one in person. And um, then we started doing it. Um, we had a couple of people that like were maybe going to join and and be a part of it, but they didn't have time, whatever. So. Um, it was us four to start. And then our social manager, she created a, um, PowerPoint on Twitter, it posted it to Twitter, or maybe it was on Reddit, um, PowerPoint of like, here are, here is my boyfriend on each of the NBA teams. And it was so funny. Uh, and we were like, oh my God, this is like so on brand for who we are. So I just reached out to her and I was like, do you ever write? Like thinking maybe she'd write for us. And then it turned into like, we need social help. So she's been doing that for us too. So that's a very long way to explain it. But, and I don't even think I've said their names yet. Alex is in Portland. Bethany is in Oakland. Brasilia is currently in Texas, but will be coming back to New York. And then Sierra is in Chicago. And that's the starting five. Awesome. Um, I think we totally relate to like, having that pull to want to keep working in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really awesome that you kind of just took initiative and we're like, well, I miss sports and I'm just going to make this opportunity for myself, which is so cool. Um, going off what you said, um, you mentioned that like you have your social media manager role. 
there's a ton that goes into making each issue. And Sarah and I know that just from working on the podcast that a lot goes Mm -hmm. into producing something and we have our different strengths. I'm sure you guys do too. So who works on what and, you know, what would you say your specialty is? Yeah. So I'd say like when it comes to the, uh, we have a few like verticals or whatever you'd say now, but when it comes to the magazine, um, I have like edit slash editorial say slash like dealing with contributors slash uh, finding stories, uh, helping interview people to tell the stories, helping write those pieces. Um, Alex is our designer. So she does all the layout. Um, And then Brasilia is our business bitch. We call her. So she handles like everything financially, like all the like tax shit. A numbers person. Yeah, you gotta she's have like a numbers, her numbers person. person. Yeah. And, and, you know, she'll have like a, a hand in, you know, whatever creative decisions we're making as well. But um, Bethany is our creative director. So she handles like the shoots and styling and um, ideating and all that kind of stuff. So like Bethany, I work closely um, matching art with pieces and kind of making sure those feel uh, cohesive. And then Alex and Bethany like really spend hours and hours and hours doing the layout. Brasilia, like I said, handles like an insane amount of just like paperwork and and uh, a lot of shit that we're so grateful for. And then Sierra, you know, handles social. Um, then when it comes to like the podcast, um, it's kind of rotating host. Like Sierra hosts it. Uh, me and Alex are on it a lot. Sometimes Bethany Brasilia are on it. I edit it. We have a producer, Emma, um, who kind of handles like the research side of it. Um and then when it comes to like partnerships and stuff, it's basically like all hands on deck. We're just like all doing everything. So it's a lot. We also all have full-time jobs. So we basically each have two full-time jobs is like the way that we put it. Um, yeah. That's like kind of crazy. Cause honestly, I was, I always tell Carly with our podcast, we're doing stuff like we're in an actual zoom meeting for work. And then we're like trying to post on Instagram, like during a work meeting, like it's a lot. And you're over here yeah. with like whole ass jobs, like doing a whole magazine. Like, I don't think people realize how much it is. It's a lot of it's work. A lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's so fun. And, you know, obviously our, our hope is to make it full-time yeah. or our, uh, we're, our goal is to have one full-time job and for that job. <laughs> yeah. yeah what exactly. And I think also like, um, when it's our passion, it's worth it. Um, yeah. like we always say like, we have so much fun doing the podcast and I'm sure you guys feel the same way about right. like when you get a magazine and your podcast yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like a lot of people say this, like the minute it stops being fun, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. then like you rethink things, but for now, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's so great that you have those, that like goal of like wanting it to, you know, be like your full-time gigs. Right. Yes as Carly always says, investing in ourselves, but, um, what has Mm -hmm. been the most, you know, fulfilling moment so far where you felt like, okay, we made it in this, in this space. I think, um, I think the Twitter issue felt really great. It felt like we were finally like recognized. It felt like people knew who we were, what we were doing. Um, so I guess I would say that, um, although, you know, I think it's like, every day changes. Some days you're like, wow, we did it. Other days you're like, I'm not good at anything, you know? So I don't know. It probably changes every day, but at the moment right now, that's, that's the thing. Have you got to meet like any exciting, um, you know, women in the industry or athletes throughout, you know, trying to create these issues? Yeah. I mean, 
I don't even like know where to begin. So many amazing people, especially like, you know, we can talk about like Sydney Colson, Lexi Brown, those kinds of people that are amazing athletes, Ari, uh, Ari Chambers. Um, I mean, there's so many of them, but even like the behind the scenes women that are like connecting us to those people that work for like, you know, the communications agency that like represent people, whatever, all of those people, everybody has just been so receptive. So nice. It's been such a pleasure doing all of this. I mean, we had Haley O'Shaughnessy on our podcast yesterday. Well, it was not yesterday, but we dropped it yesterday. Um, that was amazing. We, we, we had like a panel with a bunch of amazing women, um, a couple months ago after Draymond said, like all women do is complain or whatever. We had a panel called women complaining. That was amazing. Um, I don't know. It's honestly, I feel like my brain will explode talking about how much I love <laughs> women that are involved in this. So Draymond, Draymond talks a lot for a guy that named his son Draymond Green. <laughs> he just he just <laughs> nonstop talks. But but uh, Carly, I'll let you take the floor for the next question. Yeah, so we might be exposing you a bit, but um, we know that you <laughs> took a girls' trip to Chicago with the starting five, and that you sustained an injury. What happened there? <laughs> okay, the injury was actually before the injury was when I was in Texas for Thanksgiving visiting my brother uh and my mom I literally didn't do anything I stepped off of a curb and I was like screaming in pain on the floor and my husband and my nephew and my brother are like what the fuck's going on what are you doing and yeah what do you mean stepping off a curb like what are you talking about you're just standing there that's it that's literally it it's incredibly embarrassing and even more embarrassing that I've had all this time to like come up with something else and I haven't Right. And so then you went to Chicago and you hobbled yeah. around for Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to like not let it, you know, hold me back. Luckily there was not snow and luckily there has not been snow in New York yet. But if some snow coincides with my boot wearing, that's gonna suck. Um, Chicago was amazing. They we Ubered like everywhere, Uber everywhere. So everywhere. um <laughs> yeah, so my my boot wasn't too much of an issue, thank God. What was like the best moment from that trip for you guys? Oh my God. It was, this is so boring, but like just being together. I know that's oh, so that's boring, sweet. but like, that's cute. It's cliche, but it's cute. Actually. Right, right. We had, that was our first time ever being in the same place. All five of us. We've never done right. that. Oh, that's so, that's really wow. special. That really so it was really special. Fun. Yeah. And it was like, it was long. It was like five days and none of us were like, oh my God, get me out of here. You know? Um, it could have gone a number of ways because they're all my friends, but technically like they did not start out as friends and they've all become close friends too. And, um, you know, I think that's really special, but, um, I'll, I'll give like a better answer than that. Um, cause that's just like, so it's true, but, um, I think our Airbnb was really sick. We had like this really long terrace that we were like twerking on and, you know, Sierra and Brazilia were like smoking on constantly. Um, big weed girls. Um, and then, you know, like being on the river, the river was sick. Chicago yeah. was like so amazing. The architecture, I'd never been. I was like, this place is amazing. <laughs> but I feel like, can I just tell you my biggest fear is mixing friend groups. Like that's not something I like doing. So for mm-hmm. you to like couple all these different personalities and come to all mix, I'm like, is this real? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I know it's pretty crazy, huh? I didn't think about it until like the other day recently. I'm like, oh, that's crazy that like 
everyone was so seamless. Like it all just fit in so nicely. Yeah. And this is, this is a much anticipated question for you. Um, I obviously discovered you on Twitter. I was like, who is this girl with a SoundCloud rapper username, Lil <laughs> underscore, but where did this username come about? Let's start with that first. Um, people, so I worked at Pac-12 Networks in San Francisco and people there called me, but I think, um, I like, okay. don't even remember if this is even true anymore, but it feels like <laughs> she's it's making true. it up. I know. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, is that even right? I think I just added a little, um, back in like 2013 or whenever I first like really started using Twitter. No, I didn't start using Twitter then 2015, 16. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I, I just wanted to know, but that makes more sense. Yeah. I, like, I don't know yeah. how she like came up with this, but anyway. Um, and then obviously like I see your tweets, like they're really funny and I really enjoy them. And I like Playground Magazine tweets. Obviously I was a big fan of the ice cream one, but you know, <laughs> in true Mina Kimes fashion, have you guys got any hate messages? Me and Carly got, when well, me and Carly got our first one, we were very proud. We felt like we made it because we had. Wait, some- when, what did your guys say? Ours was like, I deleted it. I was so like, I was like, I was was like, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) It was was just like, how are you talking about sports when you're women? Something about being women and talking about sports. And like, oh, this is wrong. Like, uh, yeah, it was really, it was really like disheartening, but I mean, we didn't really care. I know it's tough because people are like, oh, like, don't listen to them. Like they don't know. It's like, well, I'm still a human and (laughs) they still send me like a really mean message. Yeah. So, um, that sucks. I'm sorry that you guys had to, okay. had to deal with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got told recently that I just started watching basketball five months ago. Oh my God. Or something. And I'm like, wow. okay, sure. Like, <laughs> I, all right. Whatever you say, man. Um, certainly. I mean, I feel like my, it's hard to even like pick what the meanest one is not like they're coming in every single day yeah and they don't not, they though. don't really come through to flagrant but like I just think as a sports fan being a girl being a woman being what we you know wherever you're at in life that's just it comes with it and I feel like my whole life I've spent like justifying myself as a sports right. fan for you know to who which, for whichever team whatever um happened so much in middle school and high school and it still happens today, you know? Yeah. People I mean, never grow up. They don't. And I feel like yeah. I was very torn about the whole Mina Kimes thing. Like, are you of the nature that you should like call people out for it or just kind of dismiss it and not bring attention to it? Or like, what are your thoughts on that? Or how she handled it? I know. I kind of think it's like, honestly, whatever you feel is right. Like, yeah. if I feel like I want to freak out on someone on Twitter because they said something <laughs> really mean, then I'm, I should be able to do that. I understand right not giving them airtime I understand the benefit behind that but like I said we're still humans like I can still react to someone being mean to me if I want to and I it shouldn't be on me to be like I'm gonna be diplomatic and be better and do the thing that like in the end won't like give them airtime it's like well no maybe I and also like what we're talking about right now it's a shared experience right so like we take solace in seeing, I mean, you know, it's horrible to see those things, especially to someone as brilliant as Mina Kimes. That's so stupid, but it's a shared experience and seeing that it happens to all of us in a way is uniting. Um, so I don't know, there's good and bad with all of it. 
but the funny thing is, it's like, why are we ridiculed for posting it or not posting it? How, like, we are not the ones that did anything wrong here. You know, like, how is the blame coming back to the woman right now? So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I agree with you. Um, I was just as like the words came out of your mouth that like the other side of it is like we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially a woman like Mina Kimes who has such a huge platform and can reach so many people um, who probably have felt similarly. Um, and yeah. you even saw like everyone responding to her was like, I've like handled this too. Like, thank you so much mm-hmm. for, you know, bringing it to light that this happens. Um, so there is that side of it. But at the same time, you know, like we always joke, it's always like those guys who probably got caught from their JV football squad. <laughs> and now they're just like coming back with like a vengeance because right, right. women are successful in sports and they couldn't be. And then at that point, it's like, well, I'm not gonna, you know, give mm-hmm. time to this. Right. But like, why do I, I hear about this guy's opinion? Right. Like every single comment that negative comment you're going to get, I don't think it makes sense to reply to, but I think like, yeah. you know, I mean, what Mina Kimes got was like a, a like long worded message. Like a very long, you know, and she didn't post the whole thing. I was like, I want to see the whole thing. You know, I mm-hmm. want to see the rest Yeah. Of like that it. guy clearly so put effort into this. <laughs> so I would put time. effort to expose him. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. Well, and I think the other point that's important is like, I don't know if you guys follow or saw Kate Scott's response, but she's the play-by-play for uh, the Sixers. And um, she, I worked with her at Pac-12 and she's like absolutely the best. I did like a mini doc on her when she was calling her first um, Pac-12. She was like the first woman to call a Pac-12 regular season game. And we did like this mini doc. It was amazing. But um, her response and I'm like, so I'm just glad that she pointed this out was she's like, everyone always says that it's like, you know, the 60 year old curmudgeon guy and like, just, you know, let that, I mean, she didn't say this, but the general sentiment is always like, let those people just like die off eventually, whatever. She was like, I get it from the 10 year olds and the 16 year olds, like this shit's not going away. And that's an important point. I think too, that like, it's not just old people, right? It's like, misogyny is everywhere always no matter like where you look where you go it's there so I thought that was interesting yeah um I agree and I think I mean there's obviously like you said it's not going away so um you know that's the whole we got to stick with each other and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing girl power you know girls club we love to say that yes um but on a more fun note um we know you're into fashion so mm-hmm. let's talk fashion. Um, we mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, okay, so if you could collaborate with one fashion designer and one athlete to make your own brand, who would that be? Um, I, I had a tough time with this question because I was like, oh, Russell Westbrook both. Um, but, (laughs) but I know that's kind of like cheating. So, and he's like, you know, not like designer designer. So, although I did just receive, I haven't opened it yet, but I just, I ordered a, like, I saw that you ordered that actually. I was like, I just got it today. (laughs) I love, do you track your packages? Like a complete cycle. Like I do it's delivered and I'm like runs outside. (laughs) That's me. Yeah. Um, but I would say, um, I would. I love what Stella McCartney has done like with Adidas and just in general with her uh, vegan lines and her sustainable lines. So I would say 
Stella McCartney with, I mean, I'm going to go back to Russ, but, um, you know, I think that would be a dream, dream threesome, Stella, Russ, and me. We're keeping, we're we're hoping for that. 2022. Yeah. Yeah, 2022. Make it happen. Really make it happen. Yeah. Right, right, right. So you, okay, wait, so are you a Russ fan? Cause I'm getting the vibe that you are. Yes, I am. It's, and are you also a Portland slash Dame fan? Yes. Yeah, so this is my, my Twitter header for a long time was Russ and Dame, like not a long time, a short time was Russ and Dame, <laughs> like kind of like looking at each other, like, you know, drawing a little, but um, they, you know, I don't think that the hate that the media has liked to push between the two is even real, but yes, big Portland fan, huge Dame fan. Dame's like, you know, the greatest player we've ever had, probably the greatest player we're ever going to have. Uh, and Portland fans hate Lakers fans and the yeah, Lakers, exactly. so it was really brutal when that, when Russ went there. Um, but I've been a Russ gal for this long and I, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I definitely do not want the Lakers to prosper in any way but I like to see that he doesn't have any turnovers that's exciting the first time the first time in a long time I'll stop I won't hate on him just for you though out of respect for our guests <laughs> thank, you, thank you but um I know you went to OSU okay no I didn't know okay I saw in your right. I saw your your post and you had like a really cute outfit with your little OSU shirt with your camo pants but I know mm. you're a huge Blairs fan like me now let's mm. break into the misery together so what are your thoughts on the rest of the season? Do you think, are you of the tank and get a good pick mentality? Or do you think we should try to make the play in with what seems to be, it's going to be a dameless team. Cause obviously we, we don't have high hopes for the injury right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm team tank. I, listen, we have one year left with Dame, like where he is, maybe if he can, you know, get surgery or whatever needs to happen. Uh, he needs to just be done for the year, get that surgery, get whatever rehab going that needs to happen. Um, the the problem is like, I don't see a world where anyone in an organization is down to tank, but like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe life will be different now that Neil O'Shea has gone and we'll actually see some, some positive change. But the, the tough thing is that uh, I don't know if you can hear people screaming outside, but people are screaming outside. No, um, I definitely can. And I was like, I wonder if <laughs> listeners are going to be like, why is there murder in the background of your podcast? Yeah. Welcome to New York. New York. Yeah. Um, so, oh shoot, what was I saying? Oh, so the, pro- the real problem I feel like is that we have Chauncey Billups for five years and we're still paying Terry Stotts. So there's no way we can fire Chauncey Billups and pay, be paying two coaches, right? Um, I think that's, potentially the biggest obstacle like let's say dame's back next year let's say we tank and you know we got we got an amazing pick and all that played out but it's like chauncey's maybe a bad coach so like does that even matter i the the it's it's a tragedy the whole thing's a tragedy it's so sad and like i don't know i this is gonna sound weird but I'm gonna I'm gonna miss our little first round exit like I really am like I know it's a sad thing I know I shouldn't be I know I shouldn't praise mediocrity but I'm like I look forward to that first round Mm -hmm. every season and to not have it it sucks you know I've I've really been reflecting on the 2018 uh Western Conference Finals team lately like the past couple weeks I've just been like oh that was really (laughs) a time wasn't it 
Um, and I lived in Denver at the time, so we went to a bunch of the playoff games there. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. You know things aren't great when you start living in the past. Like, <laughs> I know. as a sports fan, like, you're, like, <laughs> you, like, get, like, you get emotional, like, thinking about the team you used to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And I feel like that's all we have to look forward to is looking in the past, so. <laughs> Now we, we plan on having, and we talked to him about this, but Lamar heard on, on one of our next podcasts, what are there any questions you think we should, we should ask him about the team? You know, if you, I know that you, you know, Lamar too, and he's such a great guy, mm-hmm. but I, I really want to grill him on some players' questions. Mm. Like I want his thoughts on the off season, on how Chauncey is in the locker room. Like I want and I also want to like, first of all, are you pro Simmons or not pro Simmons? And the potential. <laughs> she, she whispered it. Guys, I, yeah, I just it's like if a guy's a problem somewhere, he's probably going to be a problem somewhere else, in my opinion. Um, yes, Dame's known for his inclusive leadership, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. That might not be true, but like, it seems like it's true. Yeah. So um, I guess I guess we'll see if they what's going to happen. Well, are you? I don't know how to feel about it. And I've thought about this for a while. And at first mm-hmm. I was super like defensive and protective of CJ. Whenever people talk about training CJ, I was like, no, mm-hmm. I love CJ. Like, but you have to admit, like he's been so awful and spotty and inconsistent. The and problem is upsetting. they can't get it going at the same time. It's like, yeah, it's we have like Dane one of them or we have on. CJ. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always like that. But I just feel like he's been so inconsistent. It's really disappointing. And mm-hmm. now he's been out for a while. So, I mean, God only knows, but I mean, at least we have Simon's right. Our little, our little 22 mm-hmm. year old upcoming star. Oh my God. That guy has just grown up before our eyes. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh my God, you're a little bit more grown up. He's like um, a little brother. Yeah. yeah, he is. I love CJ. I will never be a proponent of trading CJ because I'm very like, I'm honestly like if we never win a ring, whatever I, I would never trade Dame away and try to build and blah, 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 no matter what we got. Like we have a generational talent. We will always be able to say that we had Damian Lillard on our team, regardless of whether we ring win a ring or not. And that's, what's important to me. So the same with like CJ, it's like, I like having guys that I can like feel good about for the rest of my life and be excited that I had them on my team. So I'm a big CJ gal, but, and I just am not sure that the Ben Simmons thing would be the same. Um, But in terms of Lamar, I love Lamar so much. Um, <laughs> he's the best. We, he's the best. We also worked together in San Francisco at Pac-12. That's so um, cool. That's where we first met. That's awesome. Um, what, what should you ask him? He's so nice. He's, he'll be like so diplomatic no matter what you ask, but. I know that's um, what I'm, that's what I told him. Like, don't be PC. Cause you know, he's the nicest. Mm-hmm. Guy, what did he say back to that? He was like, I'll do my best. Like, cause I'm going to send him the <laughs> questions ahead of time and make sure. But like, I mean, I want, I still want to ask intriguing things. So I'm going to do my mm-hmm. best, but I'm excited. About yeah. It. I would say don't like shy away from the Chauncey Billups stuff. Like that's <laughs> to me, that's the shit that I'm like, sorry, am I allowed to cuss? I'm sure. Yeah. I've been, like, a million sorry. Okay. We, we can edit anything anyway, but we're cool. Cool. Please. Yeah. We're all adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the shit that I really want to understand more. It's like, yeah. What happened there? What's going on there? Oh, you know what you should also ask him? about Becky because she's making a devious face guys and you can't see her but she's <laughs> yes, smart making a devious face you should ask about Becky Hammond because she was t- she was quoted the other day as being like yeah I get these interviews 
and then they say you're not a head coach. We just talked about her. We went off about this. We went off about it. So don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> yeah. That. Okay. We're going to get to the yeah. bottom of this. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I need some insights on that. Um, but yeah, Lamar's well, the that's best. What, that's what you can I hope to see from us. I know. I will. Thank you for listening. I appreciate or that. Or hear that one. Yeah. This is an, and I always that's forget what, this is an audio-based <laughs> this, this is a podcast. Yes. Uh, yes. This is what you can expect from us. But what can we expect from you in the near future? Like any exciting things? Where can people find you on Instagram, on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Um. We have our episode of the, our, our, yeah, new episodes of the podcast every week, Tuesday. I don't even know which time zone we use for the midnight situation. I think it's midnight central. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, sometime Tuesday at night or Wednesday sometime morning, every, <laughs> our podcast, um, Epps premiere, um, just keep so, refreshing Spotify guys. Until yeah. You see. Just, just sit there and click. Um, you can follow that page to learn more about that app flagrant files i think is the um and it's a truish crime-ish nba conspiracy based podcast where we just like joke around and see if these conspiracies have any legs but um by the magazine it's on oh is it on sale still i don't know by the magazine either way <laughs> um follow the magazine at flagrant mag on everything if you want to follow me on twitter you can at lil underscore b-u-t-s don't follow me on Instagram. It's boring. Twitter is much more exciting. Instagram. I like, there's so much pressure to like post things and I just yeah. never do it. I so I know I like Twitter more, but, um, yeah. thank you so much for being on whenever you want really good sushi in the city. You know who you know. Who you know who your sushi <laughs> yes. guys. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. You we want friends or tweet with looking for friends in New yes. York city. Yes. I'm looking for friends in New York city. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Well, what a we coincidence. Are- I know here in New York City. Yes. Yeah. I like all my friends here are men, I feel like. And oh, I mean that's not true. There's like a couple women, but like my friends here are also very busy. And I guess I am too. So I can't like, you know. Yeah. She's like, you guys have no life, so you could be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you as long as you don't have a life, then yeah, we can be friends for sure. Um (laughs) thank you so much for everything, Ashton. I look forward to this episode being published. Yeah, yeah thank thanks you so much, Ashton. This has been awesome. We're so glad you came on. Yes, thank you guys. I can't wait for sushi. <laughs> Great, okay. it's a date. <laughs> that was so much fun. I feel like we've all like known each other and been friends for a while. Was like how that went. Yeah, her vibe is so cool. Um, I'm really glad she came on and just such a cool thing like and I think it's very relatable like how she started flagrant mag um and just like the whole story behind it um and having that passion for sports you know yeah there was a lot of relevant things and kind of like you said I feel like our podcast is like her flagrant it's like a way to express her passion and she obviously has a lot of passion for the game of basketball which I can relate to and she's just so funny and the rest of the founders seem like great women and really inspiring women. So I'm, I'm really glad that people will get an inside view of, you know, how the magazine came about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we gave like a little bit of a sneak peek about like the guests to come on this episode. So get excited. We have a lot of guests upcoming in the next few weeks. A lot um, of guests. We yeah, changed. we like jam-packed it in. <laughs> so um, you're going to hear from a lot of cool people and all different facets of the sports industry um and we're really excited about you know kicking off this new year strong 
Um, so, and we like, we're happy like that you guys are along for the ride with us. Um, so with that, we will see you guys next week. You know where to find us next one up pod at gmail.com next one up podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And yeah, we look forward to another episode next week. Bye. Bye.